by the OFS Collective. Just give us an introduction of who you are, where you're based, and what you do in terms of your business, and anything else you want to share with us. All right, thanks, my um, Well, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Um, I really appreciate it, yeah. Well, as you mentioned, my name is Gideon. My surname is Botswana, and I am based in Botswana. Um, I'm a 25-year-old young man, uh, born and raised in Botswana, but I've been wrong. So, um, yeah, I'm a young businessman. I'm the founder and manager director of Mobile Trail, P2LTD. Uh, basically, what Mobile Trail deals with, it deals with uh, wastewater management and water engineering, as well as water reticulation and design and channeling. Um, so basically, we deal with water and the transportation of water through pipes, um, yeah, through uh, other channels that we can use to transport water from one point to another. So, yeah, and then I own another company called Pembeya Africa. My profession, I'm a farmer. My profession, I'm a farmer. Uh, I studied animal husbandry, or let me say animal health and production. Um, so I'm into winter farming as well as conservation and wildlife uh, uh, conservation. So Pembeya Africa Safari is basically is based at my farm. It's a bush camp whereby we offer safari services. Um, right next to my farm, we have a game park, which uh, we have an agreement with whereby uh, if clients come, we take them for game drives, but then the, the main activities happen at the farm as also we have uh, um, team building activities there, but we try and make it as safari-like as possible. So basically, um, yeah, I'm into water, I'm into tourism, and I'm into wastewater management. Yeah, that is me. Thank you. Thanks, Gideon. Um, I think, as you can see, that we have people in different spaces. Uh, but the core focus here is that we're all young black people. And the most interesting yeah. part is that we're all entrepreneurs. So I think you'll yeah. hear as everyone else introduces themselves. Uh, let me have yeah. Londi next. Londi? Let me have you introduce yourself. Just tell people about yourself, where you're based, um, and your business, and what you do. Uh, I always find that a very challenging question to tell people about yourself. I mean, how do you consolidate a lifetime into like a little sentence? But anyway, um, I am based in Johannesburg. Um, I'm a co-founder and director of a company called Delivery Lady. And what we're basically trying to do is to um, create an online marketplace, a uh, one-stop shop, basically, if you can call it that way, by um, anything you need. At a click of a finger, you get it on Delivery Lady. So we're taking, I mean, in South Africa right now, the context of delivery is just basically around groceries and um, essentials. Uh, but we want to push the envelope and make it a one-stop shop. Basically, we want to take on Amazon and say, if Amazon can do it, so can we. So basically, that's about me. I, my personal life, I, I never know where to start. So I'll keep it there on the business side of things, unless you ask me a question and I can answer. But I'm based in Johannesburg in South Africa. Okay, great. Thanks, Londi. Um, I will tackle and ask you guys more about your personal beings because I always say entrepreneurs are not just their brands, they're also human beings. So 
we'll also tap yeah. in on that as well. Uh, but thanks okay, for the introduction. Cool. Uh, next, let's have Sibu. Let's, let's have you introduce yourself. Um, just tell everyone about yourself and what you do and where you're based. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for this. And uh, I'm really excited to be on this panel to talk to other young entrepreneurs like myself. I'm Sibu. I'm based in Johannesburg in the city. And I'm a fashion designer and I run a business called Karaki Clothing. So yeah, that's me. I've always been interested and I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship from university. So doing that right now is like just a full circle moment in my life. Thanks, Sibu. Let's get others to also chip in and see what they're all about. Hi, guys. Um, I am Palesa Mkhanedi, founder of First things first, let me thank you. Thank you for having me here. And we have to humble ourselves and um, be grateful for the opportunities that we get. Um, as I was saying, Balasama Khanedi, the founder of Karaya Services. We are a home, office, and event um, cleaning, and we also have laundry services that we provide. And that's what we do for now. I'm working on building an entire empire that would have um, different divisions in it. But for now, we are working on the uh, providing the cleaning services. Yeah. And I'm based in Johannesburg in Timbisa. Okay, Thank great. You. Thank you, Palissa. Uh, the next lady is Nobutle. Let's have you introduce yourself and then we can maybe get the rest and then we can start the discussion. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Nobutle. Thank you again, Peter. Uh, <laughs> These conversations are always so fun. Um, so I, I do a number of things. Um, number one, um, I'm, I'm the director and CEO of a company called Mahajani Partners Project. Um, and we're a group of business consultants and IT specialists. Um, I handle mainly the business consulting side. Um, and what we consult in is we help um, black entrepreneurs um, put their houses in order. So we deal with business structure, we help them make better financial decisions. We help them make better hiring decisions, right? Um, and our business is basically pushed by the desire to see us as the black community build businesses that are sustainable and that will last generations from now on. Um, so that's what we do. Um, we don't only work with clients in South Africa, but we've branched out as well. So Africa, yay, yay. Um, but we, we, we love black people and we love seeing black people advance and that's, that's what our business is about. And then um, I'm also the founder and director of a, of a company called Dignified and Dignified works with young ladies. Um, we are a group of life coaches. We basically teach self-love and self-discovery. So we work with troubled teenagers, we do good camps. We do live course sensations, we do seminars and, and all of that. And yeah, we're based in Johannesburg, but we have different people in, in different areas. Yeah. Thanks, Nobutle. Uh, let's have the last two. Um, Rudzai, I don't know if you can switch on your mic and just introduce yourself like everyone else has done. And then you can also have Patek after that. Rudzai? Okay, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, firstly, thank you very much for this great opportunity. I'm Ruta Imagwabeni. I was born and raised in Limpopo, currently staying in Pretoria. I'm an investor in the financial markets, a motivational speaker, the founder of the company RDI Finance, which deals with uh, teaching people about 
financial education as well as bringing the best tools that people can use in the financial market. I'm also an author of a book titled Turn Your Passion into a Business, Turn What You Love Doing Most into a Real Business, a book that has been changing lives, uh, creating a lot of like entrepreneurs in the last two years. So that's basically who I am. Perfect, Rutai. It's obviously an amazing thing to see young people in different spaces. And you can see that everyone is in a different space. And that's a deliberate thing because I want to see how everyone in their own different sectors is experiencing the life of being an entrepreneur. Um, but just to start to get the ball rolling, um, because you've heard how everyone operates in terms of their business, what they do. And I want to also get to know you as a person. But before we start, I just want to understand and get to know everyone's view. So far, we're in a year that is quite unique, quite different. And I must say, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult year for most people. And when we speak about most people, we typically speak about the regular person who's working or someone who's unemployed. That's the average young person in South Africa. So you guys are quite unique in the sense that you guys are entrepreneurs. And in addition to that, you're a young person. So the challenges that come with being both of those two are quite unique to, and different from everyone else's. So I want to see how each of you have tackled the year so far. Um, and I want to understand from January until today or September, what has been your year so far? Whether it's on an entrepreneurial side and also on a personal side. Uh, also try to keep it short so we can also allow everyone else to chip in. So let me start with Nobutle. Uh, let me have ladies first. Um, just introduce, uh, not introduce yourself, but give us an understanding exactly of how your year has been from January until Right now, what has been the changes, both on the entrepreneurial side and also as a young person? Um, well, okay, so I'm not going to be dramatic and try right on the, on the wave. Um, it hasn't been as difficult for me as it has been for other people. Um, I've been able to survive. Um, we've been able to retain business here and there. Um, so I'm not going to say it's been a great tragedy. Um, it's been a tragedy in the sense that we haven't been able to expand or grow um, due to restrictions. But in terms of retaining current business, we've been able to do that, right? Um, look, it's affected other people in my life. Um, so my father owns a restaurant and that had to close for some time. So it's been difficult on that side. But for me, on a, on a, on a business level, it hasn't really done much damage. Um, on a personal level, also still, it hasn't changed. Look, um, I didn't really go out much, so I didn't mind being locked up. Um, so it, it, it really hasn't changed much. But what it's done, it's, it's given me time to reflect and, and find perspective and also um, um, sort of branch into other things that I've always wanted to branch into. But so I'm basically going to say... Um, it hasn't been negative for me. I think it's been all positive. Um, we've done the best with what we can. Um, we've used the opportunity to, to you know, to go back to the drain board and do all of that. So I think it's been, it's been a good recuperating time for me. Thanks, Nobutle. I'm glad at least, you know, everyone has a different perspective on their experience um, so far in 2020. But let's hear everyone else's experience. Um, let's start with Gideon as well. Um, I know you started with the introduction. Maybe give us an understanding of how your year has been. I mean, you're in Botswana, so obviously your experiences may be different from everyone else's. Uh, yeah, thanks, my man. Um, well, yeah, I might be in a different country, but yeah, this pandemic has really hit every country in a very bad way, my man. So with me, when, when everything started, when the lockdown started, I was a bit unsure of 
what's going to be happening in my life, in my businesses and stuff, you know. So I don't like saying this because when you say it uh, in front of other people, they don't take it well. But for me, <laughs> uh, I would say this whole thing was actually a blessing in disguise. Um, because this is where my business grew, because there are certain services that we have in, at Mobile Trail that actually favor um, such, you know, yeah. So uh, I'll give a typical example. We have a service whereby we offer uh, mobile toilets for sites and construction sites and uh, roadblocks for police and uh, military uh, bases. And so that service alone uh, really boosted the company a lot because now the, uh, the country was uh, divided into zones, uh, so which meant that every uh, cut line zone or zone cut line had um, roadblocks and stuff. So, you know, we picked up on that because the government really supported us on giving us such uh, jobs. So we are still at it actually. This, hour, this is our fifth month, I think. Um, also, when I go to the farm, it's the same thing. Food, man, food. Um, we had to supply, we had to supply meat uh, to the government, actually, uh, because it started out giving, uh, what can I say, monthly hampers to citizens of Botswana. So there was a very big shortage of uh, meat and other uh, foods out there. And that's where we came in and we chipped it in. And um, I'm proud to really say that we never failed uh, the people who wanted us to supply them with our services. So, yeah, but on a personal note, yo, it was kind of a disaster for me because, um, you know, some of us uh, growing up, we've been through some stuff. And, you know, for me, going to work was. Uh, actually trying to escape from <laughs> from my past and from all the things that have been going on in my life. So now you can imagine my team is the one that is uh, hands-on and I'm home. I'm locked up and I'm alone in the house. So, you know, you have thoughts coming in your mind. Everything is just messing you up. And at the end of the day, the only person you have is God, man. So I'm really... Um, but I'm really happy to say that with the time that I've spent alone uh, fighting my own demons, I've managed to make a lot of progress. And I'm confident to say that now nah, I can I can stay alone. <laughs> I can stay alone and uh, I can now deal with uh, whatever that comes in my mind. So, yeah. Man. Okay. Thanks, Gideon. Um, let me also just also try, I'm obviously going to get everyone to chip in on different topics and different questions, uh, but let me also get more people to give us their perspectives on some of the other aspects of 2020. Uh, but before do that, doing that, let me also get Balissa to also chip in. Uh, Balissa, how has been your experience so far as of January until September as an entrepreneur? Uh, what are the ups and downs? Are you enjoying it or do you disagree with how everyone else is experiencing the year so far? Um, the year for me, 2020, it has been more of an eye-opener. Um, my business wasn't functioning fully um, the uh, past two years because I registered it in 2018. 
and I was still trying to get it off, you know, the ground and everything. And when this year began and we were back at work because I work full time and the, the lockdown started and we were forced to work from home. And that's when I could take the time and really ask myself, do how do I want to run this business? And ask myself, do I really want it to grow? Because I felt like I was just procrastinating and clientele was low and everything. But um, when the lockdown uh, began, I think I found some sort of new purpose uh, into loving my, my company more, treating it more like my child and everything. And we even went to a point where um, raised funds to give back to the community. And this year for me has been a, a great year, despite the lockdown, but uh, as for growth within the business and um, helping out the community as um, Garaya Services, it has been amazing. Thanks, Balissa. Um, so I think everyone has a unique experience of the year so far, uh, despite the seriousness, it seems that it hasn't been so bad for most people. So let me also then navigate the discussion a bit further. Now, you guys are young people, you're also entrepreneurs. And there's a burning question that tends to happen is the question about, do you guys get support from your family and your friends in terms of how you operate your business? How easy is it in terms of when you started your business to get support from your friends and your family members? It tends to be this notion that um, being an entrepreneur tends to start off as a solo journey that you have to do everything yourself. And I want to see how easy has it been to get family and friends around you to support you. Let me start with maybe Sibu. Just give us your experience so far as an entrepreneur in terms of do you get that necessary support, especially when you started off? How easy was it for you to get support from your family and your friends? Um, you know, for me, I won't say it wasn't easy, but I won't say it was easy too. It was just one of those, I mean, family and friends were just sitting and saying, let's see what he's saying or what is he going to do? Or like, let's see how, how far this goes. And I mean, that was for me, the, the, the most time that I needed the support maybe, but I still didn't get it because people were like, maybe you should just go do what you studied at school. And so I wouldn't say that it's not, it's them not supporting me, but it's just that they don't know what, I, what my vision is and what my dream is. And so I had to push myself. And right now, it's so amazing to see how my friends and family are just like, okay, now we get it. We saw how much work you've put into this and how much you love it. And the support is so amazing. And to be honest, their support right now is even more important because I've been doing this for like four years. So the first few months when I was starting out, even though I could have needed the support, but I haven't like put all my my resources and find and like capital in it right now i've invested my whole life into this so the support of my friends and family is most important now so that i can actually grow even more thanks you and the question that comes from the discussion i had earlier with when we were preparing for the discussion is there tends to be this notion that you know as a young black person your family puts a lot of responsibility for you to be a breadwinner or a contributor to your family, you know, black tax. And when you tell them, you know, you're not taking this corporate route or you're not going to be a doctor or CA, it tends to be a lot of pressure when you want to take the opposite route. Um, so Londi, what has been your experience in particular uh, in that sense? Do you get this necessary port um, being an entrepreneur? Has your family 
been opposing your family or friends? How have they taken you as you've taken this journey to be an entrepreneur? Okay, so with me personally, um, so I, I went to school, did my degree, marketing management. Um, immediately after, I was blessed enough to get a job um, at one of the largest retailers in South Africa. Um, I got on the graduate program and um, it was great. It was going great. Um, after the graduate program, I got a permanent position and they started this war inside me where I started to, you know, it was the first time my eyes opened up to certain realities, um, realities about racism, realities about the system, realities about white privilege. It was the first time, you know, because, I mean, I was high school and then varsity and then um, work. And so as you get exposed to this, I started asking questions. I started asking around what's actually really going on. And as you ask questions and the truth gets revealed, it started not sitting well with me. And I'm not like many people who can say I knew from when I was young that I was an entrepreneur because I was selling ice lollies and sweets at school and everything. I always was like corporate driven. I want to get a job and all of that. But when I started when my eyes opened to the realities of the system and how unfair this life actually is, I, I couldn't stand it. You know, it, it was a conflict that took over until I decided I'm resigning. Um, and so when I said I was resigning, I think my parents thought it was just an issue of she's unhappy where she is. She's got to go look for a job. Um, another one. They were not they didn't oppose anything but i think just at the back of their mind i don't think it was a serious thing and they just thought okay she's gonna go get another job and everything um fast forward nothing is happening i'm now sitting because i resigned without a plan right i knew what i didn't want i knew i'm fighting the system but i didn't put in my i didn't have a vision of saying this is what i don't want but this is what i do want i'm building a b and c so then I sat a whole year depressed because nothing is coming right. I was depressed. I had nothing to do. You know, I started feeling useless. You go on Instagram and your peers are living their best lives and you can't even afford certain things like just basic, um, basic things you can't afford. Um, and so you speak to your parents every day and it's like, oh, okay, so um, are you looking for jobs? And you kind of like, but I told you that I'm not doing the system thing anymore i'm not there you know but I, i'm not going to sit and act like i don't have a support structure i really do i'm also blessed enough that my partner or my husband whatever he he works so i don't really feel the financial strain in as much and in terms of support from my friends and family i don't know maybe i'm weird i don't expect it i really don't expect it I, i'm not that person who's like no you need to support me no they'll support me when they're ready and when the success speaks for itself and it's something that they can buy into, but I've never really expected anything from anyone. That's just how I'm wired. So that's been my journey in a nutshell. Okay, good, good, good. Um, Rodai, what has been your experience? Um, you've heard everyone has had their own difference. Some people started off in corporate, um, trying to build a career there, then obviously have migrated. Rudzai, what has been your experience? Um, I raised the question about black tax, and that's obviously something that's a common thing that amongst young black people that we have the expectation to contribute at home. Um, what has been your experience, Rudzai, as a young black man in that sense? Okay. 
for me, uh, black checks is not really a big problem. I do support at home, uh, but in the entrepreneurship, being supported by the family, firstly, obviously, it was a challenge because it's a process for somebody to actually believe in what um, you are doing. So that is why it's so important for you to believe in yourself first. And that's what I did. I believed in myself and I fully understood the vision that I have, that I really need to go into financial markets. This is what I love. And obviously, if you can really look at the industry of the financial market, there's a lot of scams out there, which actually, you know, give um, other people a negative perspective about what you are doing. So what I did, I believed in myself. Um, I was in a business. I invested a lot in myself, even though at home they didn't really know what I was doing. I remember uh, three years ago, I had a, uh, the first big seminar in Pretoria. I invited my mom to come and see what I'm busy with this side. So when she came here, she was so impressed at what I was doing. And that's where she started believing in, in me. And also releasing the book, my book, Turn Your Passion Into a Business, which has been all over the media, has really made a huge impact in my journey because now I see a lot of people, you know, starting to believe in what I'm doing all over us on the social media. So it has been a process and a great journey. Thanks, Rutai. Um, I think at least I see that everyone has a unique experience in terms of what they go through as an entrepreneur. The, there's also the positive aspect that you know you get support from some of your family members, especially as you grow and you expand your business. But let me also touch on the social side because we are young people. We like having fun. We like you know enjoying life. And I understand what has life been like that for you as an entrepreneur. You know you see on social media when they speak about entrepreneurs, it's people who are coming out of hotels, are uh, going to seminars in Dubai, and that's the perception that a lot of young people perceive entrepreneurship as. But I also want to understand how it's been entrepreneurship or being a young black person who runs a business and is in that space of being an independent person outside of the corporate space. You know, we speak about how you're able to manage your relationships. And one of the discussions and questions I got from one of my friends was the aspect of example of friendship. How do you maintain your friendships? Also relationships. You know, there's the perception, which I'll get to a little bit later about the whole perception that an entrepreneur must be, you know, team no sleep. And that's a common perception that a lot of people perceive that entrepreneurs are on that mindset. But I want to tackle and see how you guys perceive that. How has it been managing relationships, sense of your friendships, whilst you're still trying to start off your business and grow your business? Also relationships. I mean, if let's say you want to date, get married, if you have kids, how do you balance the two, you know, in your sense that you're an entrepreneur, but at the same time, you also want to make sure that you still have a social life and you're still engaging. Has that been a challenge or is that something that you just easily adapt and evolve through? Um, I know Paseka, I think he's still, Paseka still struggling with his audio and Wanda is also struggling as well, but let me have everyone else chip in again. So maybe let me start with um, Cebu. Um, just give us your input and sense of how you manage both your social life and the, being an entrepreneur. Uh, there's a lot of pressure that I'm assuming comes with managing both, you know, whether it's relationships, friendships, how do you manage the two? If you know you had an order right now and someone wants you to spend time with them, I'm assuming that would be a challenging thing to balance. What has been your experience? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been two ways, right? For me at first, it was, it was like sad because I'm such a sociable, like, I love going out. I'm party animal. I'm a certified 
party freak. I like going out, which works well for my business as well. Because when I go out, I'm dressed nice and I'm showing off my clothing, which is great. But truth is, because I'm an entrepreneur, I do not have as much fun. So when I get there, friends get cocktails up to cocktails and I'm still on that first cocktail and I'm sipping it slow. So there was a moment where sometimes I'm like, why do I even go out if all the time I am like counting my coins and like seeing how am I getting there? Like how much money is it for all of that stuff? But what I realized is that in the industry that I'm in, I need to go out. Whether I have the money or not, show your face, look pretty, look good, feel good and network while you're there. It was a, an opportunity for me to network as well and like to see people, uh, to tell people what I do. And so it has been like, like I, like I say, it was a, a good and a bad, but something happened recently, which was like so also frustrating, but in a good way. So as you know, we're getting into level two and orders are starting to pick up. I was sad because last week I wanted to go out so badly, but I had an order that let me, I had an order that let me stay up until like 8 p.m. waiting for a client to come and collect that order. So, you know, for a social life, like for example, I had plans with my friend. I said, well, this client they're coming to collect at 2 p.m. And so at 3, 4 p.m. I'll be ready. I'll join you guys. I'm waiting and waiting until like 8 p.m. And because I'm a small business owner, I can't just be like, while I'm closing my shops, I'm going, this person will see themselves. Because as a small business owner, you want to make sure that you make the client feel special and great and all of that. So that was so hard. I'm still sad from that just one weekend where I couldn't go hang out with my friends. But yeah. Thanks, Ibu. Um, Alyssa, what has been your experience? Um, is it easy to balance both your social life and being an engineer? You probably have clients who probably here and there when you get a someone who wants your services and at the same time someone has a wedding or you want to attend to family services or you want to go on a date how, how do you manage both your social life and being a young person in being in the business space what has been your experience um i am lucky to have a friend who my best friend is um one of the people who really supports me so she's my go-out friend she's my everything and she's also my delivery person if I need her to be. So um, socially, I, I don't think I've been having difficulties trying to go out. And I know when I need to go uh, see a client, I go. Social life, I cut it down. If I am going out to go sit with friends and I get a call, I need to I leave that. You know what? I'm still building up my, my business. And business calls, I leave everything. So... I, I don't choose between the two. I, I always choose my business. <laughs> I will always choose my business. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, at least if you can incorporate both. Uh, but Gideon, what has been your experience? Uh, just briefly give us an understanding of how you manage both your social life and being an entrepreneur. Is it an easy thing? You know, you want to go out with friends, but maybe there's something that you need to attend to urgently on a weekend, family gatherings. How do you manage that as a young black person? Um, yeah, hey, my man, my business comes first, hey, <laughs> this comes first. Um, the thing is with me, I'm actually an introvert. Um, I spend a lot of time, uh, okay, let me just say I'm an outdoor freak. Uh, I do a lot of camping, I do a lot of uh, hiking um, and the sorts, so I travel a lot uh, sometimes to the far parts of my country to go do camping and sightseeing, as well as um, 
conservation photography. So that is me. That is how I spend my time. Um, I don't have much friends, though. I have brothers. And uh, I make sure that they understand um, what I do and what I'm all about. So if they want us to do something and business is calling me, I tell them and they understand. And I'm blessed because all these brothers of mine are business owners. None of them work um, for other people. They are business owners, so they understand the rush. They understand the the, 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 the the industry, how it works, you know. So, but when it comes to my own personal social life, uh, I'm an introvert, my man. Uh, I read a lot. Um, I'm a big, big reader, uh, but uh, I just don't like doing it in the house. I just like going out. So, <laughs> I heard you earlier on mentioning hotels. No, I don't really visit hotels. I go to bush camps and stuff like that. I do a lot of uh, sunset chasing and photography and also yeah that's how i do my thing thanks gideon um i think you know as everyone has said is that you know it doesn't seem to be that difficult to manage both your social life and also your business aspect of being an entrepreneur um but furthermore i want to also tackle the aspect of being a black person how it is being a black person in your particular industry maybe this is to everyone um versus your counterparts of other races also, how if in aspect, for example, we have both men and women here, being an entrepreneur, being a woman, being an entrepreneur, being a black man, how is that experience? And what are the obstacles that you've encountered so far in your relative space? Uh, let me start with Ruzai. Um, you spoke recently and you said, obviously, you've had seminars and, you know, you've had support of your family. But as a young black person, what has been your experience so far in terms of the obstacles and the challenges as compared to some of your other counterparts? whether from another race or the opposite gender, what has been your experience in the sense of how you deal with those obstacles? And have there been any good, uh, good stories to tell from that? Kudzai, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, so when I started back in 2015 uh, with the financial market, because I actually started being in a business where from 2002 when I was still young, but that time I was still selling at time and all that. But then when I decided to get into the financial market back in 2015, trust me, it was so difficult because the industry, I can say, is white dominated. And I remember 2016 sending out letters to a lot of investors asking for partnership, you know, to take my company RDI Finance to another level. And I can tell you 95% of my letters were rejected up until I decided that for me to really prove myself that I really need to take my business to another level, I need to get my mind ready. Therefore, I need to invest in myself a lot. So I spend a lot of my time attending business conferences, you know, reading uh, financial education books up until I felt that I'm ready to go back into the industry and watch business conferences. And when I started doing that, that's where now I started getting letters, messages, people wanted to, you know, to do business with me. So it was difficult at first, but right now as I speak, I do business with a lot of white people and big guys in the financial industry all over Africa because of what I did, because of the point that I've proven on my, on my own that I can actually do this. So it was difficult at first, but right now I run business with all the races from all over the world. Thanks, Rudzai. 
um, it's a plat released, you are not having the obstacles most people would tell to, to pertain and the experiences are quite challenging. But I'm glad at least we also see young people also thriving despite these obstacles. Londi, uh, before I get to you, let's also get Nobutle to chip in as well. Uh, Nobutle, you are a black woman, you're young, you're in a space that's probably male dominated. How is your, and rather let me not say how, what are your obstacles? Uh, what has been your obstacles and how have you dealt with them, particularly in your industry as an entrepreneur? Um, wow. So, look, um, it's actually quite difficult, especially as, as a number one young person, female, black as well. Um, it's a bit more difficult, even for you. I mean, like I said, when I was introducing my business, that we, we work, let me not say mainly, but we work with black entrepreneurs, right? And then you have your own black counterparts that sometimes question if you can do the job or not um, because of age, uh, because of race, uh, because of gender as well. So it's taken a lot of, um, you know, a lot of giving quality services for people to actually believe that you can do the work, right? So it's, it's taken a lot of sweat to get the track record and to get people to actually recommend you. I mean, there's so many, I mean, I know it doesn't add to the question as well, but there's so many things that happen behind the scenes as a female in, 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 in sort of a consultancy corporate um, area where um, you're asked to do certain things just because you're a female to get the job, you know? Um, and yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a bit tricky for a black female. Um, I, I am, however, privileged and blessed to, to have partnered with, with two other guys who sort of balance out the dynamics, but whenever I have to go do, or um, you also find people who, when you do a really good job, um, then they get shocked for a black person. I mean, I've had somebody say to me, ah, oh, such a young black girl, you, you, you're really amazing. You know, you get, you get comments like that where people aren't expecting much from you because you're young, you're black um, and you're female as well. So it's, it's yeah, it, it takes a lot of working. You work harder than your male counterparts. You work harder than other races as well. Thanks, Nobutle. Um, at least, at least you know, there's, there's, there's different experiences everyone face, um, obstacles people face. Um, and I want to see how everyone ex experiences that in their own industry and also in their own experiences. Londi, what has been your experience so far, being a young black woman in your space? I mean, you spoke about your experience in corporate, but now as an entrepreneur, how is that compared to your counterparts? Okay. So, okay, I'm going to try to articulate this well so that I'm not sounding naive or ignorant or whatever. Again, this is maybe how I'm engineered and how I'm wired. I avoid doing this whole, it's difficult for me because I am a young black woman. You know, I, I avoid buying into that narrative because, I mean, compared to what, it's difficult for a young black man as well. You know what I mean? I'm not saying there aren't any challenges as a woman, like Nobutle said. Um, the challenge for me as a black woman would be now you're interfacing with men and there's the, you know, the sexual advances. For me, that's been the biggest challenge. Maybe my industry isn't like really that 
hectic but for me it that's what it is i mean and whatever challenges are there i avoid looking at them as oh it's because i'm a young black woman i look at it as because it's difficult to trailblaze that's what we do as entrepreneurs you are taking the road less traveled so you are literally creating paths where there was no path so i don't i avoid looking at it as it's because i'm a female it's because i'm black it's because it, it is what it is. Anything that you are starting from scratch, where you are building, where you are creating is not going to be easy. Yes, in corporate, it was difficult. System, the system was against me as a black woman and um, there was racial prejudice. It was there in corporate. But I accepted that and I'm like, it's not my company. It's not my father's company. It's their company. They have every right to be how they want to be, right? Now, when I'm creating my own thing, what I'm accepting is that as a creator, as an inventor, as someone who's starting something new and fresh, it's not going to be easy. So that's how I take it in my stride. And I think it makes it easier for me to to handle it and to to just get past that. Because if you allow that mental blockage of, oh my goodness, it's so difficult to be a young black woman, it doesn't work for me. Then I'll sit the whole day for the rest of my life and do nothing. Because for the rest of my life, I will be a black woman. You know, for the rest of my life, there will be some or other odd against me. But if I take it that way, that it's it's a challenge that exists as an entrepreneur. That that's how I take it. No, um, I'm actually happy to hear that. You know, a lot of people tend to dwell in the negativity, but I guess despite the obstacles, we see people also thriving and overcoming the challenges and actually trying to overcome these challenges rather than accept them. Sibu, I know you raised your hand, so. I'm a, I, I believe you also have a lot to say in this aspect and this topic. Sibu, the floor is yours. Let's hear what you, what has been your experience. Sibu? Um, yeah, sorry. Um, my, I'm having technical difficulties here. But I wanted to just add on to Londi, what she said. Uh, but in, the, in a different point of view, per se. Because when she says, instead of looking at it from, I'm a woman and I am black, um, she's looking at it, the fact that I'm an entrepreneur and I'll have problems and I'll have challenges. I just want to also reiterate the fact that entrepreneurs of the other race have a far bigger advantage than us. They have resources. They have uh, they have a systematic advantage. Like they just have that upper advantage. And so for me as an entrepreneur, I'll always go on that thing that to be able to succeed and to do what I do as a black entrepreneur is for me such a big thing because the system has been made to not like accommodate me i was the system is made for me to work in a bank somewhere and to work as a customer service somewhere so for me to like push boundaries and especially for women because whether you know when you talk about women whether it's with, within the black or the white or within just us as women even black men look down on other women on other black women so i just feel like any other black woman or black entrepreneur out there you should know that we are doing stuff up and above and we are pushing boundaries and we should celebrate that thanks Sibu. i'm glad at least you've also raised the aspect that a lot of people see that it's quite difficult because compared to some of our counterparts the challenges are also different and there are certain advantages that we do not have maybe purely because of our skin tone our language and the language barriers we have 
Also, our economic backgrounds also play a difficult, um, play an impact in terms of how we progress as entrepreneurs. Um, I know Patseka wants to, to to chip in. He just has audio issues. Um, I know you have a bar and a tavern. What has been your experience? What are the obstacles you face compared to some of your counterparts? Sure. Um, okay, let me refer to the question that you just asked me with uh, the bar, regarding the bar. Uh, challenges I face is, um, what can I say really are my challenges? Right now, um, lockdown is, has been the, the biggest impact that has actually killed our industry fully. And we have to work around, um, I'm sorry to say this, but bribery in order to push time and push to the latest. Uh, as Normally it says 10 o'clock, but we push to, to extend the times to later. I'm sorry to say this, but it's the honest truth. It's, it's what I'm facing and one of the challenges that I'm, I'm facing on a daily. So I think for now, yeah, lockdown has been the biggest challenge, actually. Everything about lockdown has been the biggest challenge. We have trading times, trading days. Um, so yeah, lockdown has been the, the biggest challenge for me. Thanks, bro. Um, I know that your industry is impacted a lot by the regulations that lockdown presents. So I, I cannot even try to say that possibly it's not a big deal because it is. Um, Ms. Athena Butler, you raised your hand. I don't know if you want to continue with the discussion. I also want to raise in some other topics. But Nobutle, the floor is yours, then we can continue. Oh, I just wanted to say that I was agreeing with what Sibu said that, um, okay, as much as um, we say, we, we're not really dwelling on the fact that there's, there's challenges that we face as, as black entrepreneurs or as, as young entrepreneurs or as female entrepreneurs. Um, just the fact that we're able to carry on means that we are beating the odds. Um, I think we're just raising the fact that there's so much we have to, um, you know, push against or fight against in order to get where other racial counterparts are. So it's it's not to say, I mean, for anybody, for any of us to be on this platform right now means that we are fighting and we keep on fighting, you know, um, no matter what um, is stacked up against us. So, yeah. Thanks, Kambutle. Now, I want to move the discussion a bit further to discuss issues regarding money. And this is not just on a business level, but also on your personal level, because you guys don't have the stable income some people may have as employees. So I want to understand what has been your experience in terms of managing money, especially from starting your business, raising funds. What has been the obstacles that you faced in that particular light? But furthermore, not that you have now, you don't have a stable income. You know, you're not, you don't have a boss to report to. You don't have like a pay slip of your own that, you know, comes from a company. What is the challenge that you face in that particular light? You know, I assume I'm an employee, you know, the 25th, the 24th of the month. Even if I take leave now and I don't work, I'll probably get something. Um, but you guys may have a different light that, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't get something by the 25th, money can come anytime. It may not come at all. And I want to understand exactly what that challenge and how that experience is like, also on a personal level, because you probably have bills of your own. You also want to do other things. You don't want to save money. So what has been your experience so far? Um, let me start with Palissa. Palissa, what has been your experience so far in, in that sense of money management? Uh, is my managing money easy for you? Uh, is it a, a walk in the park? Or how is it like for you, Palissa? Um, so... 
I decided that I'm going to start the business while I'm still an employee because I didn't want to go through the struggles of looking for funding or um, any of that. I wanted to start the business and make sure everything is coming out of my pocket. And I also am doing a course with the UJ business course. So I pay for that. So I am an employee because I want to be able to pay for studies, also pick up my business from the ground. And by the time it's able to give back, then I'll be able to say, okay, I can leave the job. But I understand, Hori, at, at this point, I am so strange because I have a nine to five. From nine to five, I come back, I have a client. Uh, then I come back home at like 10 o'clock and following morning, five o'clock, I must be on the road and I must go to work. And that's petrol. That is, that, that, that's a lot of money that's coming out of my pocket. Sometimes I don't have the money. Sometimes I get big clients and I'm able to cover up my debts here and there, but it's not easy, but I'm making it work. Thanks, Balissa. I'm glad at least you're trying to make it work. Um, I've always heard that a lot of people struggle financially being entrepreneurs, especially when you're starting off because there's a lot of expectation. Your family probably has like spoke earlier about black tax. Also, there's also the challenge of raising money. If you want to grow your business, you want to market your business even further, get more people in aware of your business services. And that becomes a challenge. Londi, what is your experience? How, do, how is the money topic impacting you so as an entrepreneur? You provide a delivery service. And I'm assuming that costs has certain costs that are quite bearing. And maybe also there are other administrative costs that you also have to pay and be active on. So how is your manage, money management um, going for you as an entrepreneur? Okay, so I don't want to lie and put up something that isn't uh, truth. So for me, they reached a point where I assessed, you know, what I want life to be and what life really is right now. And understanding that this is where I want to be. I'm not there yet. And all of this stuff is just, you know, like, okay, we want to be entrepreneurs, but it's, it's not at the cost of my happiness it's not that I'm not willing to, you know, when you get into a certain place, for me, it was just like, no, this is, it's now too much. So I'm taking the decision to look for work, right? So that I have something stable coming in, but also to continue pushing my vision, my personal vision. So what I then ended up doing, I've, I've been blessed to um, be in a position where I work, I have work from home opportunities. So I'm able to work from home. And at the same time, when I'm not working, I'm pushing. And in terms of operationally, we've had to take out from our own pocket. I mean, I remember late last year, beginning this year, what we were working on was raising funding for the business because I was, you can imagine there's a lot of um, capital investment because of the technological aspect of it. We're, we're running servers, we're running um, software. So there's a lot of capital investment that goes into this kind of company and we've been footing it from our own pockets. So there came a point where I had to make a decision and be like, I get it. There's a vision and we're pushing, we're creating legacies and all of that, but something has to give. So I'm balancing it right now by also working. Okay. Well, at least if there's a balance, you know, 
at least, you know, when you don't have a stable income coming in, it also throws a big overarching problem on your, on your life when you want to plan ahead, you want to save money, you want to put money aside and so forth. So I can see that being an obstacle, but also how you management is also, how you manage it is also important. Um, Rudzai, what is your experience in that sense of managing money uh, as an entrepreneur? I know you're in the financial space, in the financial sector. So I'm assuming you have some kind of tips and also some ways you've navigated that. <laughs> okay, it was challenging at first when I was still starting because, you know, when I got into the financial industry, I had that mindset of you, I want to make one million today. So that actually took me to a serious death. And lucky enough, um, I managed to cover it there and there through, through a salary. So I think I was blessed enough or the best investment that I made for myself back in 2015 was to read a book called Rich Dead Poor Dead, which taught me a lot about assets and liabilities. So after reading that book, you know, I started focusing more on assets, live stuff like cars that do not pay bills. So I started focusing on assets, putting money in stuff that are paying me passive income today because normally it's not about how much money you make but it's about how much money you keep so it was it was a journey for me and i learned a lot so with the uh, knowledge that i got from rich dad poor dad it helped me a lot to be where i am today where my mindset is focusing only on on assets thanks Ruta. gideon what is your experience um i don't know how things are in botswana but I would assume they also have some similar relevance to what entrepreneurs in South Africa have to go through, um, raising capital, you know, expanding your business, um, also just putting money aside. I don't know if you have money or payslip systems or money management systems that you use as an entrepreneur to manage your money and the income coming into your business, but also on a personal level, how do you manage your money in that sense now that you're an entrepreneur? Uh, all right, thanks for the question. Um, well, it's, it started off as a challenge, eh? because I started my first company at a very young age, and my mother was not so happy about it because she wanted me to go to school full time. So she gave me ultimatums that, hey, I'm giving you a certain period for you to do whatever you're doing. If I see that it's not very fruit, you're going back to school. So <laughs> uh, it was quite a challenge for me. So that alone, she did that it actually motivated me because i was always on the tips of my toes man uh looking for clients and all that and you know i was blessed enough to pick one or two or three clients that really boost, boosted my business um so for the past five years it's it's it's, it's just been, it's been growing um and you know yes uh, when i started getting income um I had a few challenges because I, I didn't really have a plan of what I wanted to do. Also, that you know, we started these businesses when we are we, we are young, and you know, sometimes we have childish ideas, you know. So, but then later on, I saw it fit for me to actually invest in myself in times of uh, in terms of uh, financial literacy, and so I went for short courses on budgeting and. Uh, financial stuff and investment stuff and I'm proud to say that I started investing in property actually and buying land um, so as my brother uh, Zai was saying 
um, it's all a matter of you finding a way of how um, you can invest your money so it brings more income into your personal life or into your the property route and I went to the farming route. Like you know, they always say you never go wrong with food or farming or property. So I, I I spread my money out. I spread my money out and every single day I'm always looking for investment of opportunities. Um and then also I also ventured into the stock market buying shares uh through the Botswana Stock Exchange um the uh, firm. Um although I'm, I'm, I'm still starting and trying to figure out what's really going on uh, with that. And then just uh, not to take long, lastly, in terms of money management systems, um, I'm just using the old-fashioned basic money management system whereby you sit down with your team, you budget, you see what the business uh, needs and what you need to invest uh, into the business and we go that route. Like, you know, we're always trying to minimize on buying unnecessary numbers of, of vehicles and unnecessary trips and stuff like that. We try to look uh, uh, for ways we can save money in the company and actually uh, put it more, uh, put it into uh, uh, things that would actually grow the company. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Gideon. I, th I think, you know, when you're talking about property, you're talking about buying land, and now you're talking about the Botswana yeah. Stock Exchange. I'm like, wow, you know, you, you're really pushing yourself out there. So I'm glad to at least see that young people are also stepping outside of the typical norm of staying small, but also trying to take a risk in investing in other aspects. I want to ask this question. Maybe this is a sensitive topic for a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, there's this notion that, you know, Kikupa discount, you know, I want to, I want to, get a, a, you know, some, some short change for your business. You know, I'm your friend, you know, you're my black colleague, you're my, your fellow black person, you know, your business should be to the advancement of black people. That's what they say. You know, and they'll ask you, you know, you know, you should, you should be open to, you know, giving people discounts, you know, or rendering your services in a way that are convenient for the regular black person as compared to the norm of everyone else. Uh, Patega, what is your experience? You own a bar. You uh, obviously have certain people who obviously expect you to render services that are unique and to favor them. What is your experience in that aspect? Um, sure. It is a tricky one. It's, it's really sensitive, actually. It's a really sensitive one because um, at times we get people as much as family who want to take advantage of the situation that your family now, they're entitled to a certain discount in terms of your line of business. I mean, um, I've never made it easy for anyone to come in between my line of work. <clears throat> Excuse me, let it be family, let it be friends or anything. I've always respected my craft in there. In as much as I put in so much in it, I expect the same out. So discount-wise, I don't really do that. In as much as we do believe in tabs and everything else, I stick to my word and I do um, get my get my payments from people when I do have tabs at times. So it is a really challenging one. It is a very challenging one. Thanks, Paseka. Uh, Nobutle, what is your experience on this aspect? You know, do family members and friends try to take advantage of you being an entrepreneur? Uh, let's see. Friends, family, no. Um, they they pay me for my services. <laughs> Um, but one thing that I've experienced and, and recently, so 
on social media, I've been giving um, clips of advice, but not really my services, right? And and what people don't understand is that a lot of work goes into consultancy, especially if you're supposed to drive a solution and design a solution and implement a solution. Um, so it's a lot of hours that go into the work that you deliver at the end. So you get a lot of people that, you know, that DM you, that inbox you, um, try sneaking free advice here and there, you know. Um, I've had recently, uh, this has been happening so much to me, I, I literally had to put it out there to say, there's no way I'm going to do this for free, guys. So what's been happening is you have somebody who's recently started a business and, and they'll send me a message and they'll say, hey, you know what, um, why don't you be my business partner, you know? Um, so... <laughs> Um, I'm getting offered a lot of shares um, into businesses that haven't really done much work um, so that I can give expertise. Um, you have a lot of, like I said again, that we work strictly with, with black entrepreneurs. You have a lot of people that tell you services are too expensive. Um, and then you have to explain to say, you know what, after I'm giving you the service, you'll be making a lot more money than what you're paying me right now. So it, it's, yeah, you deal with those things where um, you don't, I don't think I, I, I get asked, I do get asked for discounts here and there, right? Um, but the beauty of my, my invoices and my quotations is that you will only take it if you're serious, right? So there's, so I don't think you would ask me for, a, even if you ask me for a 5% discount, if, you do, if you're not willing to pay, you're not going to pay because yeah, it's, it's going to slash a bit into your pocket. But um, so it's not really a discount thing. I don't deal with with I, I don't really deal with people that ask me for a five percent discount, ten percent discount. I either deal with people who take the code or don't, right? Um, but I do um, encounter the whole free advice thing. Um, people coming in and saying, "Okay, fine, um, I can give you five percent of, of of my sh of the shares in my company of a company that's just started." Um, so yeah, you you actually just need a lot of tactics um, that people come up with in order to get free advice from you. So okay. yeah, okay, that's 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 at least you know good that you know when when you when you invoice someone, it's either they're in or they're not. You know, there's no there's no guessing around. But I want to also ask the question about you know you guys are in, you're entrepreneurs and you also have to market yourself. And you want to get the word out there that you guys are offering a service or a product. And I want to understand, has social media been advantageous for you? Um, let me start with Sibu. Has social media been advantageous for you to grow your business, get your product, your name out there, your brand out there? Or has it not really been advantageous and has also brought certain obstacles to you? What has been your experience with social media in that sense? Um, so just before I go on to the topic of social media, I just, I thought I'd get an opportunity to talk about discounts, uh, because it's something I, yeah, but I'm just going to quickly say something quick about that. I feel like when you're selling a product per se, people just feel like they can always even give you an example that, well, but I can get it at this place cheaper or the, you know what I mean? So I literally have always been struggling with that. This is a scenario that I want to just give an example. So I started my business four years ago and throughout the years, I like improve. For example, I now get name tags. I now get shopper bags. I now have a website and all of that. So until this year, which is like the fourth year, and then I'm selling a dress 
And then this person is like, well, it looks like I cannot afford karate clothing anymore because you have gone expensive. And I'm like, she's like, well, this is a similar dress to what I ordered in 2017. And I'm in my head, I'm like, literally, it's a similar product, but it's packaged differently. It, 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 it is, I'm, I'm a different person as well as a service provider. I'm giving you now emails, like, like it's no longer like a quick WhatsApp text where you would order on WhatsApp. It's a, it's a fully realized business. So it's, it's just hard how sometimes the clients don't understand the journey we take as entrepreneurs and taking those journeys, we increase our prices. We look at our margins and all of that stuff. So yeah, it's been real. But in terms of social media, I literally run my whole business on social media. I, till this day, I have not actually been like, I've not been able to have a physical store. So everything that I'm selling has been from social media, from Instagram and from WhatsApp, from people seeing the stuff on Facebook and then sending me privately so I can send them invoices and stuff. So social media is quite crucial. And I just want to say it out there. I'm currently with a company called Digify Africa. We actually train entrepreneurs and small businesses with how to like run successfully on social media. Because I'm still new with the company, I'm currently assisting a few of other businesses that are that need those services. So if you do, I mean, I don't know who will be watching seeing this or whatever, but if you would like a few assistance, a few tips, uh, unlike Nomusha, I would give you uh, free advice for the first few months, like because I'm still in the in this company and I'm just freelancing with them, and I just feel like for me, I'm really passionate about assisting other businesses literally grow bigger. Because the more black businesses succeed and do well right now, the more we are advancing as a community. Thanks, Ibu. Um, at least you're providing free consulting. <laughs> No, no, I mean, <laughs> we should not promote that. We're not promoting free consulting, for sure. I'm not promoting it. Yeah, well, it, it, from, what, from what I've gathered from what you said, you know, you want to help other people. So in whatever capacity yeah. you can, it's, it's always good to help others grow. The more black people we see growing their businesses, the better. Um, but let's see what everyone else has to say on the issue of social media. Um, I know, Londi, you provide a delivery service. So I want to understand what exactly has social media been to your advantage? How difficult is it? Or what is your take on that in terms of social media? So unfortunately, the unfortunately, fortunately, whatever the area we're living in, you can't run away from social media. I mean, um, that's where your audience is. You can't run away from, from it. Um, I must say we haven't been utilizing it to its maximum capacity, but we have, um, that's, that's where we're now coming at. Now we want to utilize our social media more aggressively because that's where the people are. So you've always, I mean, you exist for the people and without the people, you cannot exist. So you've got to be where the people are at. So for us, uh, delivery lady, what actually we just had a meeting just the other day and we want to be more aggressive with our social media. So you can't escape it. You really can't. It's, it's, it's the order of the day. You know, you can't escape it. It's one of those ship in or ship out type of situations. Okay. Thanks, Londi. So I guess, Obviously, it's a, it's a learning curve. It's an ongoing thing that's we're going to grow and improve on individually as people. I mean, I'm not an entrepreneur, but social media does have its limitations. I mean, running a podcast and getting people to follow your podcast can be a challenge in terms of 
social media and its obstacles. Uh, but let's see what everyone else has to say on the issue of social media, and we can move to the last aspect of our discussion. Um, Gideon, obviously you're in Botswana, so I don't know how social media, how big it is in terms of getting followers in Botswana. What is your experience so far? Um, I would say it, it, it's been really slow. It's been really slow uh, because we, we are really moving slowly here. Um, we are really moving slowly. But I am happy to say that because of this pandemic and the lockdown, uh, Botswana, especially Amazona, now started seeing uh, uh, it's very much important to um, promote their businesses on social media. And it's it's been really working for them. It's been really working for them. It's been really working for me as well. You know, um, in terms of the farming part, it's been really working for me because I've been getting uh, some of my clients from there. You know, we, we have um, young Botswana who have butchers and want to meet and want to be supplied with meat. Uh, so it, 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 it's coming up slowly. It's coming up slowly. But it's just not at the pace that I am. Uh, really uh, saying I'm happy or you know. So I wish they could just uh, see that the world is not moving towards that direction and they need to go towards that direction as well. So, yeah. Thanks, Gideon. So, as you said, you know, it's, 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 quite, it's quite challenging and I must admit it is challenging on my part. Uh, but you guys are in different sectors and industries, so those challenges are going to be unique to each individual. Now, there was a question that I wanted to ask, and I discussed this with my co-partner about this. And the question is, as an entrepreneur, you started your business. And the question was, do you guys then think about retirement? And what does retirement mean for you? You know, you're not, you're not someone who has like a, what you call this, a provident fund, a retirement annuity is just backed in by your company something you either have to personally do yourself. And I want to understand, is that something you think about, you know, when you want to retire, you know, you always hear on YouTube or some TV show that, you know, I retired when I was 25 and I quit, I quit everything and now I'm living in the island somewhere. So I want to understand exactly, is, is have you guys thought about retirement, especially as entrepreneurs, you don't have the typical income, the way, you know, on the 25th or end of the month, you get the salary. Has retirement been something that you've thought about actively? Alyssa, what has been you? What is your take on the aspect of retirement? Something that you've thought about or it's something that you will think about? Um, I was having this, I was in my way, I want to quit my job and put all my focus on the company. And she's like, Alyssa, you don't even have medical aid. For your company you don't even have a pension fund for your company or anything i'm like you know what i'll see when it gets there whatever happens happens but i am not going to stay working for somebody because all in the name of medical aid pension fund and all of that we will see what happens when it gets there hopefully it'll, my business will grow to a point where when i employ people i'm able to give them a pension fund i'm able to give them medical aid but right now that's not going, going to be the thing that's keeping me uh, in, in working for someone because, I mean, Gilela Pension Fund. 
Okay. <laughs> and then Rudzai, what has been your experience or what is your, have you thought about retirement and what does that mean to you retiring as an entrepreneur? Peter, that, that's a tricky one <laughs> because uh, my business is my passion. I've, you know, I've tried to think about it if I will be able to retire, but I honestly do not think I will be able to retire from running my business because it's what I love doing is what I, you know, I enjoy doing. Also being in the financial market, that is why you still see Warren Buffett today still running around with the stock market. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to be that easy for me to, to retire, Peter. Thanks, Rudzai. Okay, so I think, you know, I would probably ask everyone what they think about retirement, but obviously due to time, I want to just move to the last aspect in the topic at hand. You know, we've spoken about some of the challenges you guys are experiencing, how you overcome them, and also the fact that you guys are in different industries, which we invited you deliberately, knowing that you guys are in different spaces. So then the question then, you know, becomes, you know, do you see what what is the future look like for you? We've seen that 2020 has brought a new curveball, and I want to see each of you and what your experiences and rather what we expect or what you see your future being like as an entrepreneur. Uh, is it positive? Is it looking down? What especially when you look at how 2020 has shifted, how the future of the world is going to be like? What is your view? What is your what do you think the future looks like for you as an entrepreneur and also as entrepreneurs at large? So let me go through each of you and then see what each of you guys can say. Then at least we can try to wrap up. But just try to give us a summary of what you think the future looks like for you. Let me start with Nobutle. Just give us what you think the future looks like for you, especially in the consulting space. Um, well, okay. So I think um, for me, um, the pandemic has basically reignited the passion that we have with my business partners. Um, especially about the service that we offer. And the reason that being is that um, there's a wake-up call in the Black community about starting our own things and supporting our own things and growing our own things. So I think if there's, if there's anyone who would say they haven't learned that they have to be more systematic and formal about the way they run their business, um, then, you know, we need a second way for people to actually wake up. But we see that... Because we don't plan for anything, um, when waves come, um, we suffer severely um, financial losses. So I think for me, it's it's for our business and our passion and what we want to do, it's, it's reignited the passion to actually go out there and work with Black entrepreneurs to make sure that they do create sustainability. Um, and, and that their businesses outlive them. I mean, I'm, I'm, with my answer, I'm just going to chip on with your previous question about pension fund to say that. Um, we need to start um, being more professional and systematic in order to be like our other counterparts, you know. We can't live for the glory of when we are alive and then when we die, our businesses die with us. We need to start creating sustainability for the Black community. And, and that's where the beauty of where we fit in as, as consultants. So that has reignited so much for us. We're passionate about our business and what we're about to do. Um, we get so excited every time we come into a business and, and we implement strategies that ensure that um, there's, there's so much professionalism and a better way of doing things, you know. Um, so more and more black entrepreneurs are waking up 
um, they're realizing that they have to be more formal and systematic about their businesses and that they need to be futuristic. As much as you can be passionate and a visionary about your business at this current place um, or at this current lifetime, um, we need to start dreaming about what happens when we die. You know, um, it's the inevitable. Um, what happens with your business when you die? What happens when you get tired and old? Can somebody else run with it? Do you have a pattern or a system that somebody can just pick up and run with? Or when you're gone, it's, it's gone. You're gone with the vision. You're gone with how it runs. You're gone with the systems of the business. So um, the future is bright. Um, we're looking forward to working with more and more um, black entrepreneurs to make sure that we, we do invest in the growth of Africa and that the wealth of Africa is in the hands of Africans. Thank you, Nubuch. That's a powerful statement there. Uh, the future is in our hands. Sibu, what does the future look like for you? Um, especially in the fashion space, in the fashion industry. Is it good? Yeah. Lumi, what is your take? I mean, the future is looking bright. I'm, it's looking super bright. I always need to have my shades on. You know what I mean? But I mean, what I just want to say is that I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to what the future has for me. I'm always positive and I'm always going into every situation with like an op a positive mindset and hoping to like always win. And I think also one thing I'm really passionate about is just entrepreneurship. I need, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but back in varsity, I was part of an organization called Yebo and we were helping entrepreneurs start their businesses. So I, I feel like I realized that that's also a part of my, my vision in life. And so just assisting other business owners uh, or other people who have aspirations to have businesses is part of my goals and just also to invest in them. So just to have like my foot and feet and interest in so many other things, I think that's part of what my future entails. Thanks, Sibu. Also, just, 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 I think maybe just to add, and yeah. my future entails my business, my clothing business in big super malls. Like, I mean, at the moment, like I say, we are online, but the future is to have karate clothing in like, shopping centers or maybe a flash flagship store and yeah so i just wanted to say that i actually hope that happens um you know one day hopefully when you're just walking around in the street you can just say hey where did you get that shirt you know or that dress and easily someone can recognize where they got it from um yeah, yeah that's 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 good to hear let's see what everyone else has to say gideon what is your parting words in terms of the future as an entrepreneur um okay uh, <laughs> well the future really does look right i, I agree with my brother Sibu. <laughs> it does look right um well, on my side it does look right because now my uh in my country the government has now started uh, many initiatives uh, that are directed um, to the agriculture industry. You know, so which is very uh, good for me. Um, like um, we have a financial, I don't know, they give us a, a business loan. Uh, it's called CEDA. and now uh, some of the environments and some of the the, the rules that the regulations that we had and made it much more easier to actually access uh, a business loan. So uh, those are the rules uh, 
the routes that I'm actually looking at are from now on because uh, apparently I've been some modernized courses that are in foundation agriculture uh, because I want to go into modern day uh, commercial agriculture. So it's it really looking good for me. Um, yeah, uh, one of the, the mentioned part as well. Um, for me, uh, I'm very much goal-oriented. So I always had to go on my 30 years old, I'll be retiring. Retiring, uh, by then I hope that my companies would be uh, cool enough for them to actually run themselves, run themselves in the sense of hiring professionals to run and having uh, general managers that are uh, running them because yeah as much as i'm goal oriented i'm also family oriented so i then want to focus on my family my children and uh my life so yeah that's the plan thanks gideon you know at least also if you're thinking about retiring early the much better you know you can easily relax and have less of the burden going on into your future about what your future looks like financially. Um, this also gets a few of the other people to also participate and then we can at least wrap up. Thanks to time and so many other questions I wanted to ask, but uh, I see that due to time, I can't touch on them. Londi, what is your parting words in terms of your future, especially with the business you provide? Are you gonna expand your services or is it something that you just wanna focus on becoming the next Amazon and then hopefully, you know, everything else will just come along as you grow. What is your parting words? Um, parting words for me, yeah, look, everybody, nobody goes into something, um, well, we hope not, that you don't go to something with the hope of it becoming bigger and better, you know, and, and that is that is the plan for it. Um, my parting words, <laughs> and you asked me what's our plan in terms of retirement. To be honest with you, uh, Mandla, really right now it's just, it's not that you don't have that in mind. You do have it in mind and that's the end goal. It's just that you're here today and that's what you are walking towards every single day. And like putting this massive amount of pressure on yourself, you know, that's going to burn you out very quickly. So it's always with that goal in mind. And each day is a step towards that goal of saying, even if I had to retire at 40, should this thing have blown up big enough, I can do it. So, I mean, that's, that's what it's about. It's about taking it, taking it one day at a time towards the bigger goal and the bigger vision. Thanks, Landy. I, I guess, you know, it's step by step as you get to where we want to grow as young people. And uh -huh. we still have many years to live, hopefully. And as we grow and we expand, we'll reach those goals. Um, yeah. Rutai, what is your parting words? And what does the future look like for you? Um, the future looks bright, uh, Peter, because we are moving to a digital world. In fact, we're already there. And we started you know, building uh, online businesses a few years ago. And for that, we have got uh, a very good advantage in this, in this digital world. So the future looks very, very good. It's bright. Thanks, Rudai. I hope that you expand your business, you know, your book sells more and more people can hear about all of your businesses. I will ensure, at least for my part, at least you guys being young people like me, I can get you guys to be heard by more people. At least I can do my part on expanding, getting your, your names and brands out there. But Lisa, lastly, what is your parting words? 
Um, I'm excited about the future. I am. I know that it's not going to be a smooth ride or anything, but I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to put in the time and I'm very excited. And with that, I would say that the future looks very bright for my side. Thanks, Melissa. So I think that we've covered a lot of topics. We've covered different aspects. So I think we can conclude on here, but I must say it is an honor and a privilege to have you guys on here. You know, each week we cover different topics. We've had young people, we had social workers and lawyers to talk about GBV. We've had mental health specialists, psychiatrists to talk about mental health, talk about money before. We've talked about different topics and we continue to have different topics on this podcast. And for this particular episode, I am glad that it was not a struggle to find young black people who are in the business space. You know, initially when I thought of the idea, I thought, yo, we're going to struggle to find people. And when you find that, you know, as soon as you just reach out, you can easily find that the people out there who are trying to grow businesses. So it is always an honor and a pleasure to have and see people like you thriving, going against the grain. You know, hopefully you guys are still doing well and there's a future to tell with each of your businesses. Uh, but I must say thank you for joining the discussion. Hopefully we have you guys on for other discussions as well. Uh, but just note that the podcast will be is obviously streaming right now, but we will also edit the audio so at least all of you guys can hear the audio at least more because obviously you heard some glitches here and there, but we do clean that up for the audio so at least you guys can hear back and some of the people listening back as well will also hear the audio version mostly. But thank you again for joining the discussion. I will just ask for you guys to send me information about your businesses where they can find more information about you so that at least some of the audience can also support you guys and whatever you guys' initiatives you guys are going to be doing in the future, we can easily hear about them. But thank you again, guys, and I hope you guys grow and do well. And also, lastly, through the pandemic, may you guys at least live out 2020, so at least 2021. We guys can also hear more about you guys. But yeah, thank you, guys. Um, I don't know if anyone has some closing words. Okay, cool. Thank you, Peter. No problem. So I must say thank you. Uh, but thank you again. I will let you guys know once the podcast is up and hopefully you guys will at least share that and expand on doing your businesses. But thank you again, guys, and do enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will let you know once everything is up and running. Cool. Thank you again, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Have a fun one. I'm sure you, some of you are going to be starting to do back to your business stuff, you know, invoicing and doing services. So don't, don't, don't overwork yourself this weekend. Uh, but do enjoy your weekends. Thank you guys again and enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>